We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Happy Wednesday, November 15th. In-season tournament. It is rolling right along, Keith. I am starting to get used to the floors. Like, throughout the, the game now, right? It's still, like, the initial part of the game. When it first starts, you know, I'm still, uh, it's still getting to me. But by the end of the game, I'll be honest, I'm not noticing it quite as much. I don't know if you're experiencing the same thing, but it's starting to become more normal. And I'm feeling a little bit better about it. When I lock in on a game, I don't, uh, it's same, but you start to not notice it as much. It says I flip from game to game. Yeah. Some of them, like, it's like, whoa, like that is jarring. And uh, last night there were, there were a couple last night that like, I mean, they, they pop off the screen, but I guess that was the idea. So we'll, we'll see. And I, I still maintain and fully understand those folks all, all over social media that are like, uh, Hey, colorblind viewer here. I can't really watch this. So like, I get that. So I think, you know, there'll be tweaks to this for sure uh, next year. And we'll, we'll, we'll see kind of how it comes together. Okay, well, let's let's jump into from the tournament thing here. Let's jump into this because I I've noticed, and we talked about this the other day. I think the intensity has indeed picked up in these games, and we need to talk about Draymond and maybe the intensity picking up too much in these games. But the Lakers said they were uh, they made a comment Anthony Davis did about the five hundred thousand dollars, like that means something to them, like they're excited to be playing for that, and that is in some way fueling um, this added intensity, whatever we want to call it, focus for these games. I've been saying as if the end result is we get a good, fun basketball game, that's great. If, if the players are playing hard, then then we'll take it. Uh, are you surprised, though? Because for a lot of people, when, when $500,000 came out as the prize, people just kind of rolled their eyes and said, oh, that's nothing to these guys. But I, that's not the case for like for the super duper star, for like an Anthony Davis who's making $40 million, Yeah, $500,000 is still $500,000, but it means a lot more to the other guys on the team that aren't making $40 million. Yeah, and so two thoughts on that. One, I've yet to meet the super rich person in my life who wouldn't like to have more money. Right. <laughs> um, that's just generally how that works. <laughs> the second part is is what you said about the idea of trying to help out 
other guys on the roster. And Anthony Davis's quote was, I'm probably paraphrasing this at least a little bit, was I was talking with one of the guys and he was like, I'm not going to say who. It was like, man, I've never seen that much money before. So that lends me to believe it's probably a player on a minimum contract mm-hmm. who hasn't made comparatively a lot of money in their career. So, yeah, they'd love it to, to you know, land you know, uh, half a million dollars here for winning the in-season tournament. So I did, if that's the motivation, fine. You know, I, I personally don't really care. You know, this is yeah. not a, you know, we, we, we all want to be super altruistic and say, well, playing for pride is enough, you know, and all these right. things playing to win, like, eh, okay, maybe, but yeah, they're motivated to go win that money. And then LeBron was the guy I was used. And I always go back to the bubble. Right. LeBron did not need to play in the bubble for money purposes. LeBron could have forfeited the rest of that year's salary and probably never noticed in his entire lifetime. No, but part of his motivation, which he said beyond the idea of, hey, I want to finish the season. Let's try to win a championship was there's guys on our team who need that salary. There's guys in the league who need that money. Then that was part of what it was about. Not every player makes you know, 40, 50 million dollars. Some guys are, yes, they make a million. That is way more than I will ever make in a single year of my life. But that's comparatively in NBA terms, that's not a lot of money. That's not enough to retire off of if if that's your one year in the league. Yeah. But it's enough if that is your one year in the league. That's enough to set yourself up for a really nice future and set yourself up for everything. And that's what gets forgotten here. There is there could be a player in Anthony Davis's you know situation here. I'm just gonna say Max Christie, right? Because he's on a minimum contract, he's on the last year of his deal. This sure. is not gonna be the case, but let's say for whatever reason, this is the last year he ever plays. Well, he's made about three million bucks in his first two years in the league. I'm sure another 500k would be really good for him. Yeah. to have going forward in life just to have it. So they, it, it, I'm, I'm, I love the, the quote from AD. No problem yeah. with it at all. And if that's his motivation, by all means, get after it. Yeah, especially because the end result for us is yeah. better basketball. But exactly. but, but that's the big thing, though, is that if, if that's the case, then it, it's working, right? The yeah. the plan yeah. the, to motivate the players with 500,000, it is enough. It's working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the games haven't all been great, right? There's been a couple of blowouts here and there. Sure. But I think the intensity level right out of the gate is really good, even if I think our next topic maybe needed to be dialed back a little bit in, in yeah. one of the games last night. Let's get into that. So Draymond Green tried to tap out Rudy Gobert. He literally put him in an MMA-style chokehold. This was one of the most bizarre things I've seen, Keith. Now, Steve Kerr, after the game, said he was trying to defend Draymond, said that what he saw was Gobert's hands went for uh, the throat of Clay Thompson, and that was why Draymond went for the head of, of Rudy Gobert. Uh, there's a brief moment where Gobert is kind of like ambling forward like Frankenstein style, like, and it looks like maybe he's going to grab his neck or something. Now, he wraps his arm around Clay, like yeah. as though he was just trying to break it up. He didn't ultimately grab his neck. He just kind of wrapped his arm around him. And then Draymond just comes flying in and just grabs him and then tries to like take off with him. Tries yeah. to like walk walk away <laughs> with, with Rudy Gobert in this chokehold. Um, it was one of the most bizarre things that we've seen this season. Keith, I'd have to imagine there's a suspension coming for for Draymond because he he like held him for for an, an uncomfortable period of time like that. 
yeah, he could have grabbed him the way he grabbed him. And if he pulled him out and let him go as soon as like they were away from the, the scrum, yeah, he would be like, all right, he didn't fully realize where he grabbed him and you could buy it. But this was like, like you said, it looked like I'm going to try to choke you out here and get you to tap out on this. Rudy Gobert's comments after were pretty funny. Rudy Gobert said something along the lines of if he knew how to choke, uh, I'd, I'd be, I probably would have gone worse for me. And then he basically said, Steve Kerr, I get he's defending his player, but I bet deep down he knows Draymond's a clown. Um, so that was the other quote that he gave. Yeah. So you know, let's let's go next time the Wolves and Warriors play uh, for sure. But yeah, I, he's going to get suspended. I mean, Woj basically hinted at it earlier today when he said the league's looking into it. They want to make a decision before Thursday night's Warriors game. And Draymond has he, he has no uh, leeway left with the NBA. Like he is out of any uh, leeway they were giving him on anything. That's completely gone now. And he's, he's, my guess is probably a game or two is likely what he gets here. Just based off of this is, you know, kind of you, you have a, how do I put this? I don't want to say history uh, past. Uh, yeah. You have history. Cause it's, it's not that he's done this, <laughs> you know, no, right, right, right. But yeah. But, but you, you have history. So that's where it is. You know, I, so my thought, was that it was going to be, and I could be just totally wrong on this, but my guess was because it, because of Draymond's history that it was going to be like three games. Maybe it that's going be. too far. Here's the, I'm putting up the uh, uh, still from what happened. For anybody who did, by now you, I'm sure everybody has seen it, but for anybody who hasn't, like he's like, he's got him, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is, this is, this is not good. And he tries to just walk away with him and you can see like there's Steve Kerr standing there. He's probably in his mind thinking, Oh my God, what, what do I do here? Um, but Draymond has a history of doing kind of crazy stuff. And so, and he's gotten in trouble before. I, I think you're probably right. It winds up being like one or two, but my initial reaction was it's going to be three. Cause he, he had him in a chokehold like that. He could have done damage. He didn't, but still, it was it was a crazy crazy scene, especially when it started between Clay Thompson and uh, and Jaden McDaniels. Yeah, and Jaden McDaniels said like he's like we were just talking trash, and then he lost it, meaning talking about Clay Thompson. And and again, I'm paraphrasing there, but he was like, yeah, he didn't like what I said, and he's like, I didn't think it was that bad, and mm -hmm. I don't know what it was. And to be clear, this happened like less than two minutes into the game. All this, you know, madness. This was not like in the 45th minute after guys had been banging bodies all night and right. hard fouls and been given and stuff. This was two minutes into the game that that all this went down. And ultimately, yeah, Draymond got ejected. Uh, Clay Thompson got ejected and Jaden McDaniels got, a, got ejected. And the Timberwolves uh, won in Golden State on a, uh, you know, uh, Kind of weird night. Stephen Curry didn't play either. So the fact that the Warriors were right there anyway was interesting. Chris Paul started. Dario Saric started in the game uh, instead of Kavon Looney, which was the kind of an interesting call uh, from Steve Kerr as well. So it kind of kind of ruined what you know should have been a really good star-studded matchup, and instead we got a good game just under weird weird circumstances. But yeah, I, to your point. I could see maybe three games just with the history of the fact that he didn't let him go. He, you know, kind of kept dragging him. So maybe, mm -hmm. but, you know, probably maybe later today. With our luck, it'll be whenever we press stop recording. And that's what yeah, it'll that, That's exactly, so. that's exactly what's <laughs> but, going to happen. As yeah. soon as we, as soon as we are done, actually, I'll be mid upload on the video. And that's when, 
So I've done my editing and all that. That's yeah. when it'll come out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. When there's not even a good opportunity to be like, Hey, let's splice one in real quick. No, exactly. <laughs> all right. Let's talk a little bit about the, the other big news from yesterday. I actually broke mid show, which is always fun. Uh, Zach Levine, the bulls are, are now more open to potentially moving him. The 76ers, Lakers and heat come out as potential suitors for Zach Levine. Now, Keith, we've already heard quite a bit of pushback. I know Mark Stein had a thing this morning. You said, you told me before we went on that there were some Philly reporters as well saying, yeah, I wouldn't count on Philly being all that interested in Zach Levine here. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I think they're all kind of using similar-ish logic and quotes and things from the team on Philly is basically saying, hey, we kind of like our depth now. I I, I don't know. I, I think that we like our depth might be code for we don't really want to trade for Zach Levine mm-hmm. um, with this depth because, I mean, you're talking about Marcus Morris and Robert Covington who both don't look like they have a whole lot left. Nick Batum, who could still be productive, but that's like 15 minutes a night. And then right. KJ Martin, who can't even get in the rotation uh, in Philly and couldn't crack it in LA either. So I don't know that they're like, oh man, all these guys are great. And they're all going to play major minutes for us. I don't think that's the case. I think it's more Zach Levine's not the guy we want to cash in this matching salary for. And to be clear, we talked about it yesterday. Can't even do any of that stuff until right around January 1st because they can't re-aggregate those guys. And just as one more reminder, most players who signed over the offseason can't be traded until December 15th. So I don't think we're going to get a quick resolution to this Levine stuff, but I don't think this is also going to be a, if he is getting traded, I don't think it's going to be something that goes to the trade deadline. I'm thinking mid to late December is probably when uh, one of these deals goes down in part, because I think if the bulls take back some salary that they don't really want, they did like to be able to reflip those players again uh, ahead of the deadline to kind of keep things moving. Cause I don't know that the bulls are going to fully bottom out, bottom out where it's like, yeah, we're just all expiring salaries and play a bunch of guys over for the last 20, 30, 50 games, whatever it is that aren't going to be here. I think it might be a little bit more of, Hey, let's try to reset this thing on the fly and go. So, so we'll, we'll see. And Lakers, I mean, we joked about it yesterday, but mm-hmm. kind of make some sense, right? They're going to, they're going to be involved in probably anybody who can score from the guard position to at least some extent right there. They're going to be thrown in there. Part of that was the contracts. They signed a bunch of guys to this summer were are very tradable deals. So they, they, they put themselves in position where you can match salary a bunch of different ways and do different things. And then the heat, I, I, I mean, Levine and Tyler hero, like, I don't, what do you need them both for? I guess would be, yeah. be my question there. I don't, you know, I guess you could put them both in the backcourt together. If you trade a Kyle Lowry and just kind of play without a point guard, cause you can run stuff through bam and Butler and here and Levine are both decent ball handlers enough, but I don't know. It just seems like a weird fit. Well, I think that the, you know, the, the, the heat are going to be involved in just about any name that's out there, but Daryl Morey, I thought, brought up a good point. Uh, well, this was Mark Stein highlighted this, that Zach Levine, you know, the, the 76ers, they want a two-way player with whatever mm-hmm. they, they whoever they go get. And so that, it does make you wonder how much are teams going to be willing to pay, whether it's Miami, whether it's the Lakers, whoever, other, whatever other team. I think teams really are, I don't think Daryl Morey's stance that, hey, we want whoever this guy is to be able to play on both sides of the ball. I don't think that's that unique in the NBA. I think teams are starting to realize how detrimental it can be to have a guy who is only a scorer or only a defender, particularly in the postseason, how much that gets exploited. 
And so that's why I'm curious to see what Zach Levine's trade market looks like, especially with this with this contract. But I, I think these three teams and a handful of others are going to be brought up anytime anybody pops onto the market mm-hmm. from now until February 8th. We're just, we should get used to hearing these names. because And historically, we hear these names, but I think we're going to hear these names a lot too heading up to February. Yeah, Lakers and Miami are kind of almost like opposite sides of the same coin on yeah. the opposite coast now, right? They they are marquee destinations. Players like playing there. They're good teams. They're well-run franchises. So that turns into if they have the ability. Now, right, I think it was a couple years ago, the Lakers would get mentioned in all sorts of stuff. And you and I were like, they can't because they don't have the ability, right? And it was like mm-hmm. a broken record. Well, now that that's not the case, they've got tradable salary. They've got a bunch of guys that can move. They can actually move a couple draft picks now too, which is also a, a thing with this. And then Philly, until Philly cashes in on some of those players that they got in uh, the Harden trade and you know, re-aggregates them to go get players and then goes in that direction. They're going to be mentioned for sure. But you're absolutely right. Levine's the kind of guy where I was asked, so for example, I was asked today Mm -hmm. on uh, radio here in Orlando, should the Magic make a run at him? They said, I kind of get it, right? They could use a guard. They could use a real headline scoring guy. Your thing is you have to be certain if you're a team like the Magic, that now is the time to make that move and that he is the guy to make it for. Because you can only right. make it once. And if you get it wrong, now you're you're locked into a group you maybe don't want to be locked into. And that's why I don't think it would be the magic, but I, I, I could see it. It wouldn't fully surprise me just because Levine is he is a good player. I, I think he gets a little underrated, and myself included. I'll say sure. at times I have not been a huge fan. But yeah, we'll 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 see. I'm I'm gonna be I'm not going to be like waiting with bated breath on this one. Like every time the phone went off, I was like, is that a hardened deal? Right. Not yet. In a month from now? Yeah, probably. Yeah, just because so many more opportunities are going to open up uh, a month from now. So, exactly. Um, all right. Well, Zach, we are on Zach Levine trade watch uh, for right now. And we'll see ultimately where this pan, where this goes. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, another player who could wind up, the, another name that's out there. We talked about it yesterday. He's on an expiring contract. He is extension eligible, but if the Bulls make the decision we're moving Levine, it makes no sense to extend DeMar DeRozan. In that case, you're better off moving him and getting whatever assets you can. And there's going to be teams interested, even on an expiring contract. There are teams that could use a guy who could score the way DeMar DeRozan can. I, I wouldn't sh- It wouldn't shock me either if we get a Zach Levine chase, right? And the teams that are in on Zach Levine are also going to be in on DeMar DeRozan just at a lesser cost. Yeah, I think if you're Philadelphia and you're really committed to keeping flexibility, there's a world where DeRosa makes more sense. Yeah. To go get because because of the expiring contract. Now, fit wise, it's still a little wonky uh, there, although I could argue if Kelly Uber is really going to be out for a while, you bring DeRozan in as a souped up version of what Uber is and and just kind of keep doing what you were doing. And then I think it could work out okay. Spacing maybe gets a little constrained because DeRozan's not going to shoot threes like Oubre would, so that's a whole other thing. But I think, yeah, I I think you're going to see some teams that prioritize DeRozan if he becomes available simply because the contract is just that much easier to trade for. And the age-related concerns plus the pending free agency might not cost you quite as much. Levine's not going to return a monster package for the Bulls, I don't think. I've kind of put it at... Interesting, interesting uh, contracts, either expiring, uh, young players that need a new home, things like that. 
Um, or then in terms of draft picks, I think you're looking at maybe a first and like a one real first and then maybe another one that's kind of maybe a protected one or one that's a little further out or something like that. So that makes sense. Whereas DeRozan, you you probably get him for a single first round pick and matching salary at this point, I would yeah. almost imagine, but it's the Bulls. So they'll probably trade Levine and then extend DeRozan on some deal that doesn't really make a ton of sense. And they'll be like, no, see, look, look what we did. It's a, one of my Bulls fans friends who's just, he's completely exasperated with the entire franchise. He's like, they're just going to trade Zach Levine for Julius Randall, win a bunch of games, make it to the play in tournament, get knocked out and be like, yeah, but we were good. Like we were right there. And right. I just laughed. Cause I was like, yeah, that kind of feels like where this could go. With, with it's that a- one. It's a tough spot to be in. Yeah, tough spot to be sure. in for sure. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Uh, uh more unfortunate news here. Ben Simmons out indefinitely. It felt like he was starting to get something going yeah. too. And and now he's out dealing with a nerve issue. Man, this kid, we talked about it. I think it was yesterday or day before we talked about all the young talent that we had that you know, we were so excited about John Morant being suspended. Zion's not playing as well. He's been super injured. Ben Simmons has been injured. Like the next guys up, and there's still a lot of guys to be excited about. Sure. You know, young players, plenty of. You know, we talk about Luca, we talk about Tatum, we go even. You know, Anthony Edwards is rising. All these guys, there's still a lot to be excited about in the NBA. But man, these are these are guys that we thought are going to be kind of the face of the league at, at some point, um, or one of the faces of the league at some point. And Ben Simmons now being out just knocks him right back. You know, it just doesn't look like he's ever going to become that guy that we hoped he would be but even just hoping that he would continue on the somewhat productive season he had been having and now we've got a nerve issue here it's just it's frustrating seeing so many of these young players not really get to where we were hoping they would be yeah it's tough because simmons was playing well he was doing the rebounding and playmaking thing uh he was really starting to look like the player he had been in those phases of the game and the defense was starting to really come back around no he wasn't shooting jump shots but that's we're past that that's never going to be a thing that's not going to be a thing so it's unfortunate that we have this and i can only assume this is probably all related to the back stuff and in that and that that gets worrisome because we thought we were past that and it, it fixed that problem so i'm hopeful whatever he needs time down whatever it needs to be now gets this covered and he's able to get back on the floor because this is a good player to you know an important player to the nets uh here because otherwise if this let's say we have another whole lost season it's unfortunate, but we're going to start referring to it as Ben Simmons expiring contract at $40 million or whatever it is yeah. for next season. That's all it'll be because if you can't get on the floor, that's really what you turn into in the NBA is a contract number. And that that's, that's unfortunate considering where he was as a former all-star level guy. Yeah, absolutely. Not where, not where we want to see Ben Simmons wind up. Uh, but now he's going to be out for a little while. Um, fortunately, as one player is going out though, We've got another star-level yeah. player coming back, and that's Devin Booker coming back for the Suns, and that means for the first time the Suns will have all three of their big three players, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal in action tonight. So that's exciting for a Phoenix team that has, frankly, struggled maybe a little bit more than we expected them to, even with them missing some pieces. Yeah, this is the challenge when you build a super top-heavy team. If you're missing one or two of them, you're really going to struggle. I loved the minimum signings they got, 
But I love those minimum signings when they're your seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth men. Once mm-hmm. they have to be a starter or playing high minute roles, that starts to get a little more sideways with it. So, so we'll see. Timberwolves tonight. That's a really good game, right? Yeah. That's a you know should Tough be a matchup. really fun game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tough team. It's kind of it's it's hard because you can't say it's the Suns' offense against the Wolves' defense because we don't know what the Suns' offense is yet. We've never right. seen it uh, in this this form, but but. We, that that's kind of we'll still call it that for the fun of it and and you know that's one definitely i'll be on my uh watch list uh probably uh, later tonight for the end of it uh and then i'll probably get into it in full uh tomorrow morning for sure yeah this is one that um we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know, it's something that could be a, a really, really fun game because the Wolves have been better than expected. The Suns have been not as good as expected. But just to see these three players on the floor, and look, as we've seen with the Clippers, who we're going to talk about in a second, just having the, these your, your guys out on the floor doesn't mean everything is going to click and everything's going to work perfectly. But that said... This is a lot of firepower here for Phoenix. And I'm excited to see what this what this ends up looking like and then what the Wolves can do against it. Because again, the Wolves have been been really good. I, I wonder if the Wolves are going to come out and they're playing on the second night of a back-to-back. But sometimes in this situation, the team that nobody's talking about because everybody's talking about Devin Booker coming back comes out with that extra edge. And so I'm curious if we're going to see that out of the Wolves tonight. Well, at least Jaden McDaniels will be well rested after only playing two minutes last night. That's you know, right. You should be ready to go, barring no <laughs> no suspension. I would not expect a suspension for him or Clay Thompson. That was just your normal kind of got into it and got tossed out of the game stuff. But we'll see. Uh, I'll say this too to your kind of Clippers point. You you got to go through it first, right? You you you, yeah. you you're never just going to drop three guys on the floor like this and immediately be like, "Yep, it's amazing!" Right off the bat, it generally will take a little bit of time, and that's what you have now for the Suns. You missed it for the first ten games of the season, so let's see how many out of the last seventy-two uh, you get with these three together. I'd put it somewhere in the forty-ish range, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but. At least you start building whatever you're building towards with a healthy roster now. Right, 
Right. All right. Speaking of the, those Clippers, Daniel Tice, uh, he is being bought out and will sign with the Clippers, according to Woj as well as Shams Tarania. They both are kind of going back and forth on this one. But uh, we talked about this. We talked about about Tice potentially being a target for the Clippers. I didn't think it was necessarily going to happen via buyout, but here we are. And so the Clippers are going to get a big to replace Plumlee. Um, not necessarily for, for free. They're going to have to pay for him, obviously. And there's going to be tax concerns and all of that's going to come in, but they're not going to have to give up any assets in order to get them. Yeah, exactly. And that part is surprising to me. I would have thought yeah. Indiana could have found a market for him where they should have been able to find a trade partner. Because he, he was great in the World Cup. Exactly. Great in the World Cup. He's been a very, the worst, he's a very solid backup center. Uh, in the league and probably could start uh, for a handful of teams. I get why they weren't playing. him. I fully understand it. They have Miles Turner, Jalen Smith, and you know, let's hope Jalen Smith is okay. Left the game with a head injury uh, yesterday. And they have Isaiah Jackson. So they've got a lot of guys that they, they like at that position. And those guys are all long-term guys for Indiana. Tice is not. But I don't get why like some other teams weren't kind of jumping in here to be clear on this one. So how this is going to work, it's going to be a buyout. My guess is he probably gives back whatever the equivalent will be to the prorated veteran minimum. He'll sign with the Clippers, any team with an exception big enough to claim Daniel Tice a trade exception to be clear mm -hmm. could do that. Um, but there's a only a handful that can, and they're probably not going to. So there's there's problem number one on that one. So as far as anybody's like, don't don't let him get to the Clippers, block it. It's just probably not going to happen. So he'll get to the Clippers. He'll sign a prorated veteran minimum. Now a lot of people, and this is totally fair because there's a lot of stuff with the new CBA that came in, some stuff that's happening right now, stuff that's mm -hmm. happening down the line. A lot of people are like, I thought teams that were this expensive couldn't sign buyout players. What you can't sign is a player who makes more than the non-taxpayer mid-level. If you make more than the non-taxpayer mid-level, you can't sign. So, for example, Kevin Love last year made $28 million. The Clippers would not be able to sign a guy like Kevin Love uh, this season because he makes more than the non-taxpayer. Tice is only $9 million, so he's under uh, that amount. So, free game for them or really anybody to sign him. And it's, you know, clear from the reporting he's headed to, to LA because it, the, my guess is it's the cleanest path to playing time for yeah. him. Like he's you know going to step right into being the backup five. They've messed around with Musa Diabate. who's a two way player. Uh, he's clearly not ready for that. Uh, they've also played PJ Tucker a little bit. I think that'll probably continue some, but you just got to have a little bit more size there and Tice. The other thing is, he's just a very easy plug-and-play guy. He'll screen, he'll rebound, he'll pick and pop a little bit. Pretty good uh, passer on the short roll, pretty good finisher in the pick and roll. So you could just kind of put him out there with James Harden and Kawhi and Paul George and Russ. And you're just going to – he's not going to be like, I need touches. Like, I need to you know, get the ball in my hands. Like, he's just going to do his thing. So that makes it very easy. The Clippers as well, This we talked about this – gosh, week or so ago in the wake of the Harden trade, uh, probably almost two weeks ago now. Today is the day they had to add a 14th player. Uh, that will not be Tice because even if he's waived today, he has to go through the waiver period. So they're yeah. going to finally move forward with the – they're going to convert Josh Primo to a standard uh, contract that will be a one-year prorated contract for Primo. And then they're going to sign Xavier Moon. So their roster will be completely full. On the Pacers side, to put a kind of bow on this, 
they'll drop down a little bit more uh, under the cap. They're seven-ish million under now. Um, they'll probably drop down. My guess is in the range of eight, nine million, and then we'll see. And they'll have an open roster spot. So, and they still have the entire room exception too. So, Pacers will they've got a little bit of flexibility to add to their roster if if they need to. And they're coming off a pretty big win in Philadelphia last night. Yeah. So this is something for. Uh... For, for both sides that they can potentially benefit from. But the big thing here, Daniel Tice, I think this is the Pacers doing a, a little bit of a favor here to mm-hmm. Tice and just kind of spreading some goodwill so that, hey, next time a player pops up or whatever, you know, the agents or agents in general will remember, hey, the Pacers kind of did right by a player here. Let's, you know, let's send them a guy now. So uh, Tice will wind up going to the Clippers. And this is, it reminds me a little bit of, of the way Bismack Biombo kind of looked at things when he eventually landed with the Grizzlies it was all about where can I play also helped that the Grizzlies could give him five million so that certainly you know helped out the situation but for these bigs it's so important that you get to some place where you're actually going to have an opportunity to play and not just wind up the third big who look bigs we'd see teams play small enough that if you're the third big there's a decent chance you're not getting on the floor uh, let's say there's a case of a blowout so if you can be the backup somewhere or in the case of Biombo, be the starter somewhere that's probably the only way that you're going to play, uh, maybe play your way off of a minimum contract or at least continue to earn more contracts in the league. So I, it makes sense from Tice's perspective and uh, and getting those minutes is the most important thing here. And he's going to be able to do that. Yeah, exactly. And I think you're right with the whole goodwill side of it because the Pacers could have hung on to him longer, continue to not play him and then traded him wherever they wanted in any kind of trade. And he might ended up in a place where he's like, eh, I didn't really want to be here, but it is what it is. They traded my, my deal. So, you know, this is where I go. And this is a good way to say, Hey, we're taking care of you. We're going to get you a buyout. And let's be fair. He's going to give money back to them as well. Yeah. So, so they're going to save a little bit of money in this deal too. Last thing, just cause I forgot it. Yes, he has a team option for next year, barring something wildly unexpected, which would be the first time it's ever happened. The Pacers, that that will just be now assumed to decline upon waiver. When it's a team option, the player is waived. The option is, is assumed to decline. If it's a player option, it's assumed to be exercised. Yeah. Yep, exactly. All right. Well, that should about do it for today. Appreciate everybody for joining us. Again, make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office Show on YouTube and follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts as well. Another fun night of NBA basketball tonight. Busy night on the schedule. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about all of the latest. Till then, everybody, see ya and stay safe.